back. We got episode number eight here. Uh, we didn't we didn't do the whole season thing because we never know when we're going to record or in season, so we switch it up. But you know, back again for our biweekly episode, um, and we got a special guest here today. Uh, good friend of ours, you know, we we met through beer um, at a little can shop that we always talk about around here. So um, we got our special guest, um, Alan. Uh, say what's up, you know. Give you a little whatever you can get a little rant or whatever you want. Yeah, hey, what's up, y'all? My name's uh, my name's Alan. I'm uh, I'm I'm from the East Coast, unlike uh, unlike these guys. So you know, might might have a little different perspective on on beer and whatnot. But uh, I'm the the former beer purchaser uh, at Nashi's, where uh, where these guys get a, get a, been known to get their beer every once in a while. And then I used to manage a uh, a brewery tap room, DC Brow Brewery in Washington D.C. And uh, I worked there for like four years. So uh, Working on getting my level two Cicerone, and uh, yeah, just a big beer guy. We got him. We got him on here to enlighten us a little bit. You know, we're we're still rookies to the game. You heard that right there. He got a little more experience than us, so it's always nice to bring someone in. You know, bounce off some questions, and yeah. Right off the bat, answering my first question I had for you: How is it pronounced, Cicerone or Cicerone? So that's a good start <laughs> for the podcast, right there. A lot of people like to call it the Chicharone. <laughs> The chicharone. All right, I like that too. It's a little bit more exotic. Um, but yeah, I'm also fired up to have Alan on here. Uh, they're in Pullman together, and I'm over in Oregon. So unfortunately, can't get the full experience, but I'm just happy he's here. Also happy out of all of our episodes, this is the second time we've actually had a qualified person to speak, because Dallas and I are not qualified whatsoever to speak on anything beer-related. Well, Dallas, I guess, a little bit. <laughs> I'm getting there. But, I'm getting there. Dallas is getting there, definitely. But, uh, yeah, I guess uh, do you guys want to talk about your beer first or we want to talk about Alan first? <laughs> we'll, we'll intro the beer first. You got it, Alan, since you, you brought this one. Uh, yes, we are rolling with a uh, Hood to Kolsch. It's one of the newer releases from Great Notion Brewing, which is, uh, you know, over by you. Um yeah, it's just it's a it's a smooth drinker, man. Kolsch is one of my favorite styles of beer. Like you know, usually like under five percent. You know, just like a real like kickback, easy, smooth drinking beer. Um, yeah, what you think about it? Boom. Yeah, no, I like it. You know, I'm starting to get in more of the craft beer, um, lighter styles. Um, obviously, when I first started, I was just hopping into IPAs. Um, so definitely getting my palate into the you know the Kolsch's, the lagers, especially because. Uh, we just put on a Kolsch over at Common Language Brewing. I got a couple for you. Don't let me forget after the podcast. I'll Sweet. dish you some because Johan needs to come see me at some point. Um, but no, Dallas, I like won't, this. Dallas won't send me any. It's just uh, he's holding them captive, so I have to come over there. I guess uh-huh. he's holding them hostage on you. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't exactly. get any, He doesn't get anything until he stops in the brewery first. <laughs> but no, this is this is this is tasty. Um, I've actually never had anything light from Great Notion. Because everything, everything we've got, we've got like a sour ale. We got like the doubles. We got uh, what are those? They do the pastry. The stouts pastry stouts. We got all those like the breakfast, whatever. They got some. They have so many. Like, how many do they put out like a month? It, it just seems like there's so many new styles. I'm probably getting an update on my phone like at least once or twice a week about a drop. Whether do you it's have like the app? Two, yeah, I got the app. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, like we, we all throw in at work. You know, it's like all right, I'm gonna get two, three, four packs of this, two, three, four packs of that, and. And then just split it. And it shows up, yeah. <laughs> Dang, that's smart. That is smart. I don't have any avid beer drinkers besides you, really, in oh, Pullman. We don't have to just start splitting it then. 
<laughs> so just let me know. Let me know. I'll tr- I'll trade you. We can barter. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, great notions. Great, you know, it's been on. We've had it on the podcast like four or five times, I think. So we're we're big fans. Yeah, of it's it. definitely one that keeps coming back, and rightfully so, in my opinion. I mean, I guess is there anybody? Is that kind of like the go-to for? I guess when you're talking about like noshis. If you're looking for maybe kind of more exotic sours or, or even like pastry stats or something like that, or are there some other people that come into the into mind when thinking about it? Get your hands on it. Yeah, like a, a lot of it is like depends on where you live and then what's distributed to um, where you live. Like one great thing about Great Notion is that they ship to um, at least a handful of states, Washington included, obviously. Um, so you could get it right to your door, but. Um, you know, I think uh, I think I've heard you guys talk on here before about like 450 North and stuff like that. Yep. It sounds like you are blessed to be able to get that um, out where you're at, just because it's such a yep. more um, like pop and beer community out there. Um, and here, with just like kind of we're at the whim of what the distributors you know will carry and will bring to us. Um, so you know, if I you know when I was at Nashi's, if I was ordering off the same list that you know, people in Spokane are ordering off of, they're probably going to get first dibs on mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff. So, you know, I'd try to order some of the stuff, but it just wouldn't come. <laughs> how many, on top of that, how many distributors did you guys go through? Um, there are three, like, main beer distributors uh-huh. in the area. It'd be King Beverage, who has pretty much, like, the Budweiser profile. Yep. Um, and then Odom and click where they're kind of two in one. Um, they have a very good craft, um, profile. They also have cores just as far as the big guys go. Yep. And then, uh, Columbia as well. And they carried Fremont and, uh, a couple of really good cideries and stuff. So those yep. are the main three. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Because I've been, we're, we're trying, we're going to do a lot of self distribution, but we obviously got to find someone for the Idaho side, but I heard like Northwest, Northwest, uh, Pacific Northwest or something like that distributes in Idaho. So we might tap into that just so we can get over there because we can't self-distribute over there. Right. Yeah. Every state and sometimes even every county has uh, real specific beer laws. Yeah. I've, I've seen some ridiculous ones. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think Idaho is one of those ones that has like a crazy one there too or something. Yeah. DC it, was uh, was great. It was kind of like a, a free-for-all. Um, you could, if you knew a, there was this uh, great... Um, bar tap room it was called church key and this guy he just had connects from all over the country so he could call uh guy he could call um like you know jack's abbey up in the northeast or you know he could call some cali breweries and they just send him a keg or two and he could pop it on so yeah that was good times (laughs) yeah yeah that's what i wish we had a good little tap room around here obviously there's poor but i want something that's you know walking distance yeah, well, I mean, you can walk to Moscow if you want, but <laughs> you're gonna walk off. You gonna hate that walk back? Yeah, you might get stuck over there. Um, but no, I wish we had a little tap room. We're not, we're not as as spoiled as Johan is over there. Yeah, well, I mean, I live around civilization too, so that kind of helps as well. Bit of a <laughs> bit of a bubble over in Pullman. Love it to death, but kind of stranded a little bit. Once you realize you became a beer fan, what we became beer fans right when we met you. Really, that's when. I mean, we were a little bit before that, but that was when the podcast was really starting to get going, I think. And once you become a beer fan, you know, wherever you go, wherever you're at, you're always trying to find, you know, where's the beer locations at. And obviously it was what we had in Moscow and then uh, we had Nashi's and then that's 
that's about it. And then, yeah. I mean, Dismore's does, like, some basic stuff every so now. Every every now and then there's yeah. some stuff that kind of pops up. But. Out of the grocery stores in the area, they have, um, like, you know, Safeway, Walmart and stuff. They do have some of the best selection and some of the freshest stuff. Yeah. Because when I buy bulk... I go in there and I look through all their candidates. <laughs> oh, I'm a, I'm a snob. Y'all y'all don't want to be like me. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> not that's true. True. <laughs> Check the whole candidate right there. Yeah, from working at the brewery for for four years and like you know you'll probably do it. Um, just you know drinking like a fresh beer right out of the bright tank before it's hit a keg, before it's yeah. hit a transfer line, before it's hit a can, and it is just. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like no, my cold. my my palate has been changing a whole lot. Like, it's it's crazy. You know what I like and what I can get used to drinking these days. So, you know, I'm getting used to that right now. Just learning the whole industry. You know, we I just got to try the what's about to come out. Our lager, just right out of the bright tank. And you know, before I'd be like, what? I don't know about these flavors. But now, you know, I can get in there and get the whole flavor profile and I'm understanding it a lot more. Pinpoint the malt, pinpoint the hops and yeah. 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 So it's, it's been cool to see that whole thing, you know, really develop. It's been a year in the making, but it's, it's just cool to really be a part of the process, especially becoming knowledgeable in beer. Now it's, it's definitely fun to be that close to it. Yeah. Yeah, That kind of brings me into another kind of question, another perspective, I guess, one from Alan Uh, Dallas and I kind of talk about with craft beer that, People say, you know, right away when they think craft beer, it's just like IPAs or heavy beers, and it kind of gets people to sway away. But we've also kind of talked about, like, segueing into, like, for me, probably, my dad drank IPA, so that was kind of came naturally, and then, like, Guinness and stuff like that. So I was, like, I was exposed to different styles. But, like, I guess, like, would you recommend to, like, someone trying to get into the craft beer scene would you recommend kind of like try and go for like a kolsch maybe something if they like seltzer something sweeter like a smoothie style seltzer like like what are your thoughts kind of on that so kind of kind of like two two schools of thought depending on who you're trying to uh quote unquote convert you know if you're trying to (laughs) trying to trying to get the lager guy you know your your core is your bud guy um yeah definitely like kolsch you know craft lagers um you know, even uh, even just putting people onto the stuff like um, you know import beers from Germany. They're some of my favorite styles, just because they've been um, you know they've been brewing these you know lagers, doppelbox things like that for you know hundreds of years, and you know using the same recipe, refining the same recipe, you know family upon family and whatnot. So uh, that one is always a a good one to kind of uh, kind of trick people into drinking better beer, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then, um, you know, for people that, you know, they say they don't like the taste of beer or, you know, there's no beer for them. That's, you know, that's fallacy. Um, there's, <laughs> there's always, uh, there's always something for you. Like they probably never had a, uh, a half a wise and that tastes like bananas and bubble gum, or they've never tried a, uh, a fruited sour or a milkshake sour or something that's, um, you know, it's, it's beer that doesn't taste like beer, beer, but, um, you know, yeah, that's, that's how you get people into it. Yeah, just being a beer tender now, it's like I get that question, and I'm like, okay, yeah, we might not have it in the tap room, but the bre- the brewing industry is, you know, pretty collaborative these days now. I'm like, this place has this. This place has this. Go try this. Get introduced to it because there, there's so many styles out there, and even just, like, styles that, you know, people just come up with these new, like, crazy styles. So it's like you can't say that anymore, that there's not a beer out there that you don't like. You just got to find it. 
Yeah, especially with like the fruit and sour. It's just getting wild. <laughs> over the last two, three years, um, you know, hazies are going to be around to stay for a long time just because, you know, people can't get enough of that, you know, juicy, citrusy, tropical profile. Um, Easy to drink as well, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. when I was getting introed into it, that's what I was always starting with, like the lighter, like blondes and, you know, hazies and then working my way up and then. Finally, I, it came to a day that I actually liked the hoppy flavor, you know, the pine, you know, the dankness, and now I love all that. It's kind of like wine. It's kind of a bit like a, an acquired taste. I feel like you yeah. gotta have a little bit before you can uh, before you can say you dislike it. Yeah, right. You gotta I'm starting to like red wine. Never thought I would. <laughs> uh, what uh, what's what's some of the first like uh, I guess like standout beers that you guys have had that you just like, oh man, like <laughs> you know, like. Eddie Topper or something. Out. <laughs> um, I already know mine. Uh, Mine's Fat Tire. Oh yeah, that's that, what that, that, the first, yeah. That's like the first craft beer I ever drank. It's sitting right up there on that shelf. The first, the first one I ever had huh. with uh, Hannah Kaufman's dad. Yeah, Fat Tire is a salt. That's a good amber. Yeah. Um, I had Red Seal Ale was one that I had. My dad loved that. Um. And then honestly, uh, Blue Moon and Lagunitas, those were probably the biggest ones. Those were the ones we always had in our household, at least. Yeah, definitely. uh, Fat Tire was an early one that that caught my eye. I used to, uh, we got Wegmans on the East Coast, which is like a supermarket grocery store. Um, People rave about it. It's the greatest thing ever. Um, But uh, (laughs) really, really expansive craft beer thing. So like right when I was turning 21, um, I would go in there and then like, just be you know overwhelmed with the cooler but it would be like pick one so i'm like all right like you know let's just go nuts and i'm like oh man like this beer tastes like blueberries and this you know this tastes like that and i was just uh oh it was a whole bunch of singles yeah just a bunch of singles oh see that's just like that's what i like because you know then you get to try you don't have to get the whole six pack Mm -hmm. because you know everywhere around here when i was first getting introduced to it obviously i had to go to nashi's to do that because you couldn't just pull up at dismore's and like just taste test really because you had to get a six pack and then so yeah it's, I'm pretty sure you Alan when when we first the first time we went to Nashi's we didn't know what the we didn't know what the hell to get I'm pretty sure you picked out our first like craft beer <laughs> tasting session for us <laughs> hopefully I steered you all the right way oh most definitely I mean it what? was it was all over the place like we had the the Jacobite ale from like the 1600s we had a double what was it? It was a, a double dark chocolate pastry stout from Icicle, uh, like two hazies. Oh, yeah, yeah, from Icicle. Yeah. We had a blueberry pancake stout from Breakside or something like that. We yeah. were all over the place, but it was it was an experience. Yeah, I mean that's how you find what you like. You know, you gotta try try a little bit of everything. Yeah, our palates Absolutely. were washed after that <laughs> night. A little over a little overwhelming with two double chocolate pastries, but it yeah. was uh, it was good for sure. I was going to bounce it off before because we're about to switch beers. I think glasses are coming empty over here. Um, but I was going to ask Alan, uh, where do you, Johan asked me this the other day. What do you think the next like popular style is going to be? Do you have any clue? Like, do you think there's something coming up that I just wanted to ask you? Cause obviously you have a little more expertise in it. And was wondering if you got a, a style idea that you're predicting might become popular. It's, uh, it's it's kind of already started to happen, but 
the the lower ABV beers are probably the most recent bigger trend. Like over probably the last six to nine months, you might have saw a lot of bigger breweries like um, ooh, like Founders, Dogfish Head, a couple mm-hmm. of you know those size ones that came out with um, a, a very low ABV as well uh, as well as very low calorie. Um, I should have mentioned that first. That's <laughs> a bigger thing that people have been doing recently in beer because of the seltzer craze and that it's uh it's it's not easy but pretty much everybody's hard seltzer is under 100 calories um and you know that's definitely a big selling point so uh that's taken a uh, quite a big market share out of um beer um like you know traditional beer is what you think of it because a lot of seltzer can still be classified as beer um so, yeah, they're probably trying to answer that with the locale stuff. So yep. uh, I think some loggers and colches, you know, they're they're going to start finding a little bit more popularity. But um, And maybe having some voodoo styles off of them. <laughs> yeah, right, something like that, yeah. I mean, I love IPLs, Indian Pale Lagers, are yep. some of my favorite beers. Yeah, uh, we not just, a lot of pl- yeah, we made one? a cold IPA, oh, yeah. Okay, okay. I don't, uh, no, I don't have, there's a can up there, the Galactic Vapor. I'll have to bring you one down. That's your idea. Yeah, yeah. That's my art right there. But no, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking because that's also where you're going to transition people that are in the seltzer area to more the craft beer, like with the lower ABVs and the, the Kolsch's, the lighter styles, just because it's easier to then instead of jumping into like the dankness and stuff like that. Yeah, and we see like some some fruited sours, you know, can have that approachable ABV, but you know, some of that stuff you see from Great Notion, they're yeah. clocking seven, eight, nine percent, and yeah. um, you know, they can be tough to session too. You know, they can be a little little heavy, a little uh-huh. heavy on the stomach. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we've ever put a Fort George on the podcast. Yeah, I don't think we have. We've had a whole lot of it, but. There came a point where yeah. we, we did a huge Tavor haul. You've heard about Tavor. Yeah. Um, we did a huge Tavor haul <laughs> and ordered like 20 beers. And then the next one ordered like 10. And then we were just so stacked up that we didn't even put half of them on the podcast. Because uh-huh. that was around the time I was getting ready and like leaving. So we're like, we just got to drink these now at this point, unfortunately, yeah. right? Yeah. But yeah. I kind of ran into a similar situation when I left uh, D.C. for for out here. I had like a, maybe like a 50, 60 bottle seller. It was it was it was pretty tight. We were in some bottle memberships and stuff. Oh man! And, uh, yeah, like you we, personally or the the top house? It, yeah, like in in my apartment. Like it, yeah, it, it was ridiculous. Oh, Just like boxes, <laughs> like under my clothes and stuff. It, it was I, I was I was going a little nuts and. Uh, yeah, so like every day to the brewery, I was just bringing like three or four bottles and like Thunder too, seven fifties, high ABV, barrel aged, sour stout oh. everywhere. And uh, yeah, we just we just had to drink them all because I wasn't driving them, you know, on a fourteen day road trip from DC to Pullman. Yeah, no, I don't know if they would have. You would have had to protect those well to yeah, make they it. They wouldn't have survived. <laughs> um, how did you transition? Because that's a big big jump. I made half the jump. I went from Iowa to the West Coast. You went the full. Yeah, the, the full, 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 full 3,000 miles or so. <laughs> um, so, I mean, main reason I'm out here is uh, my girlfriend, Kara. She's at WSU okay. uh, getting her PhD. Yeah, she's uh, much, much smarter than I am. Um, <laughs> so I'm just, uh, I'm just along for the ride, but we, we really like it out here. We're going to be here for a few years. So we, uh, we got a house in Pullman last summer. So, um, yeah, we, we dig it out here. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, the vibes of Pullman are so, they're, they're fun. Yeah. 
I, I wish it was I wish we were like thirty minutes closer to like Spokane where you could get a little mm-hmm. bit more of the hiking scene. Yeah. To get more like city access. Yeah, and yeah. get a little more city access, you know. Um but no. Pullman's great, you know. We Johan spent what, four years, four or five years here. I'm on year six. Yeah, four years. Four so years. I I've definitely gonna leave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting close to never leaving. I if you would have asked me five years ago when I was coming here for obviously came here for football that I was going to stay here for this long, uh, you know, I would have told you you're, you're lying. Right, because you got a good gig, and, you know, you're working with something that you, that you really like. Exactly, and, and I'm uh, not going to... It's hard to give that up. Yeah, and I'm not going to go much further. You know, it's the next jump would be Spokane, probably. Mm-hmm. So, it's it's not too big of a jump. I'll, I'll be in this area for a while. I'm probably setting up roots. You know, I just got my Washington ID, so I'm official Washingtonian. Dude, I just got my Oregon driver's license today. <laughs> <laughs> we're transitioning. We are transitioning. Setting up roots in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, we're all we're not we're all not from the area, so it's we all became some Pacific Northwesterns now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, we me and me and Alan just switched our beers just to let all the viewers know. Uh, we switched to the three way by Fort George. What are the three breweries in that one? It's a collaboration with uh, Alvarado Street Brewing and Ravenna Brewing Co. I hope I'm not butchering that. But uh, trust West me, we we butchered IPA. a whole lot of stuff on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> I've heard of the first one, but are they the ones that have like a bear logo on the top of theirs? I think I think that's who. They might. They're definitely. They're definitely some pretty hot haze boys, though, because uh, I had a I had a friend in D.C. who was trading for some of their stuff okay. um, with with the dude. I'm pretty sure they're in California. Yeah. Um, I used to know like all the beer logos. Once I started dr- drawing up our brewery logos, I, I I knew them all, not by name, by logo. By logo, <laughs> but yeah, no, they're they're a Cali brewery, right? Yeah, I'm pretty I, sure. I've never heard of that other one. Yeah, Ravina. I'm not. Uh, sure either yeah so i don't know maybe another cali or something but it's uh it's pretty uh it's not super aggressive Mm -hmm. for a west coast it's it's pretty smooth a lot of like grapefruit i say still a little bit of tropical but like finishes pretty piney you know yeah yeah you know i actually um i recognize that beer because they had it at the my local tap house three way and that second Alvarado Street, I know it's in California. That might be Bay Area. And Ravina, I think, is they literally also last week had a tap takeover at my at the local tap house Wildwood that I always go to. And I think they're from Seattle. I think they just oh. started going into the Oregon. Yeah, no, I saw that one. I was over at Poor Company, which is in Moscow. And I saw that one. I almost grabbed it, but I was getting, I was getting, I was buying too much already. I had like, I bought like five or six beers and then bought the Jester Kings, <laughs> the Jester Kings. I forgot which one I got. I think it's a, uh, blueberry something blueberry ale or something like that. I can't remember, but those guys do some serious beer. It's pretty sweet that, uh, oh, yeah. that poor company keeps them in rotation. Yeah. Yeah. I know that was, that was nice to see that. So I had to grab one. They also over there have uh, some Trey Fontaine, which is a, a goose from Belgium. It's the the black bottle's got like a painted three on it in white. Sometimes, okay. If you ever see that, and you're just looking for like a funky traditional Belgium, like I'm, I'm honestly surprised they just keep it on the shelf there because like 
if it was in DC, like people were like, it just doesn't come there. People would be like lining up out the door for it, like paying almost whatever you wanted for it. So when I saw it there, I was kind of just like, there we go. That's how you say it. Uh, goo, uh, goose. Yeah. Goose. Yeah. I, I think I butchered that the last time. <laughs> I think you said, I well, can't say well, there's, <laughs> there's goose. And then there's also gozes, which, um, so like a, a, a goose is a, a blend of one, two and three year old, um, spontaneously fermented lambic. So three, three aged sours at different year, then blended together mm. with a, fresh um lambic and then that's typically bottled and then conditioned in the bottle for another year and uh it is just a a funky barnyardy like words to describe it have been like horse blanket which almost doesn't sound appealing whatsoever but it horse is just like a, a beautiful it's 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 a really uh it's a really high quality beer that takes a long time to make and then um gozes they're typically um like a lighter sour. I think they usually have a little bit of salt in them, actually. Um, and yeah, those are a lot more common. Okay. Like America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also a German style, traditionally. Huh. Yeah. It's nice. You got any? Uh, you got any Bavarian style, Eastern European beers that that really stick out to you that you like a lot? I went to Prague last year, and they they live and die by Pilsner or Kell. Oh yeah. Which you have to learn to love over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just wondering if you have any. Pilsner Urquell is definitely solid. Um, I really like Eyinger for like almost anything they produce. They're out of Germany. Um, they do a uh, they do the Celebrator Doppelbach, which is fantastic. Um, now she's definitely carries that around the fall and winter time. Um, ooh, otherwise, like yeah, I, I just really like a good clean German Pilsner. Um, I'm a big I'm a big fresh guy. Like if it's uh, if if it comes from the right place and it's fresh, I'm probably gonna be pretty happy with it. You ever had any uh, Swedish beers? I can't say. I can't say that I have. If you didn't know, he's from have, Sweden. I, oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm Swedish, and I always have like our favorite Nordlandsgud. They have a lager, and then they have one Nordlandsgud Jup, which just means deep, and it's a bock. And they're like, they're like my favorite Swedish beers, and I've yet to find someone over here that that's tried them out because, and I don't know, maybe I'm just biased. But I, I absolutely love it. I'd just love to get somebody else's opinion on it. Hey, I have to find out where we can get them over here. Yeah, I, dude, you used to be able to get them at Ikea, but they stopped exporting them there for some reason. <laughs> so that just made me sad. Ikea. Yeah, Ikea. That place Wonderful place. Well, I guess I never introduced the beer I was having. Uh, I've never heard of this brewery. It's called Mirage uh, Beer Company. They're out of Seattle. Opening day, New England style IPA uh, with Sabro Incognito and double dry hop with Galaxy and Azaka Lupamax. So pronounce a that all right. bunch of words I've never heard of. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good though. It's, it's crushable. I like the name. It's got a cool graphic on it, like Opening Day. Reminds me of Moneyball. Mm. Uh, but uh, I guess Alan, are there any? When you're looking for for IPAs or really anything like really like hoppy, any hops in particular that stand out to you that you really like? I know Citra is one that's like you hear and see everywhere, but I think Dallas and I have had a couple with Malteca that we like, and Sabro. I've gotten a little bit more. Just wondering if any that you that stick out to you that you look for. 
Uh, yeah, I do. Um, you don't see it a lot, but Euconot or Equinox. I think it used to be known as Equinox, and now it's Euconot or vice versa. Um, but it's kind of like a... I don't know if phenotype would be the right word, but it's kind of similar to like a mosaic. Um, Galaxy is always intriguing because it, to me, it just has this like creamy profile, which like hops don't really give mouthfeel when you're like tasting a beer. But for some reason, whenever I have a beer with Galaxy in it, I just like, I, I just think creamy for some reason. Um, and then Azaka is actually a hop that I, uh, I really like. It can sometimes have like a little bit of like a lemony profile to it. And um, we used to do a, we used to take our Pilsner and we would do small pins and dry hop it with a Zaka and it would just give it that like little bit of like citrus lemon hop kiss mm. on top of like the crisp pills. And yeah, so yeah, some of those hops, but um, for my IPAs and hazies, I, I, I stick to breweries that I know do them well mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a little scared little scared to venture outside of my my comfort zone with ipas <laughs> <laughs> that that brings me to another question uh when you go obviously since you for us we answered this question the other day when you're walking into like say a can shop or bottle shop or even a store what like how do you decide your beer does it go like by brewery first and then style and then because we were going like we were talking about label design Cause that, you know, if you don't know anything, then you just jump to what, what stands out a little bit. Do you do that? I know you're a little more experienced and, um, could probably like pull out a little different stuff from things, but I'm definitely a, uh, a brewery first guy. Like I'll, uh, my girlfriend can attest to this. I'll geek out somewhere. If I see something <laughs> that, that I can't go that, with you, <laughs> I'll, I'll just, I'll ask a bunch of questions. I'll be like, how'd you get this? Where'd you get it from? Um, I actually looked, uh, I guess, quick funny side story. I looked really, um, really dumb when I first uh, moved to Pullman. I went into Nashi's and I saw the Fremont on the back shelf and I almost acted like I was still in Washington, D.C. And I was like, how did you get all this Fremont? Like, we're so far away from it. And I was like, oh, we're like, we're in the same state as it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess to answer the question, brewery, brewery first, because um, if there's something I've never had or from a place I really like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll jump all over it. And then, um, and then kind of style, cause, uh, I got to keep a good balance to the, to my beer fridge, you know, don't, uh, if I got, if I just have straight hazies and IPAs <laughs> that I can't just like sit in session, I'm, they're gonna, they're gonna build up, they're gonna get old and I'm gonna get mad at myself. <laughs> That's the thing I struggle at. I just, so, so I guess going along with the, with selection, I think Dallas and I have talked about it too. It's, um, when you're getting the flight, do you like getting flights? I do, especially when I'm going, like, to a brewery where they make the beer there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just because I want to try. If, if I'm at the if I'm at home base, I want to try as much of the stuff that they produce that I would like, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, like, for me, I try getting a variety of, of color, whether that be, like, some stouts, ambers, lagers. Uh, you, what, what's, uh, what's the thinking? For you, is it just try as many as you can, or is there a, is there a different styles you try to go after? Or? I definitely, I, I kind of go with like uh, with what you were saying. Like, um, I, I like to build up. Like, I'll probably do like a lager or a Kolsch or you know something lighter, maybe a blonde, and then you know IPA or two in the middle, stout on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it depends on what brewery I'm at. Like, uh, 
just off the top, like other half out of New York, they just they're known for their hazies and their pastry stouts. Like I'd probably go there and I'd just get four hazy <laughs> IPAs. Um, I'd probably be pretty bogged down on the palate after it, but uh, like you know, that's just what you do there. If I'm going to Live Oak in Austin, Texas, they do traditional German style beers and smoked beers. I'll probably get like two two lagers, two smoked beers, and and you know chill on that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, I guess it kind of depends on where I'm at. That and is, if I have to drive. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, that's always a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of other half, my family lives over in New York and definitely have the chance to have a lot of other half and a lot of evil twin as well. I don't know if you have them as well. But both, I think, pretty solid, hazy breweries. And I haven't tried their other stuff, but I bet their other stuff's great too. Uh, um, evil twin, I love their can design. Yeah, I think we've had some of the, I think they've had some stuff on Tavor as well. Yeah. Um, that guy's crazy. I think his name's Johan. Oh shoot! Yeah, we the, were the yeah he, um, him, and uh, it's called Evil Twin because uh, his his brother uh, started Mikeller. You guys know Mikeller? It sounds. Like one of the, yeah, originally, had, they're out of San Diego, right? Yeah, originally like European based, and then their biggest U.S. one is uh, is San Diego. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I I think. I don't know if there were some feuds or some disputes, but but that's where the little evil twin name oh. came from. Yeah, yeah. It's actually oh, I didn't know, I didn't it, know that. It's so interesting, like the be, like what came to be for like brewery names because there are some wild ones out there. Yeah, I was oh, just talking. Yeah. I was just talking in terms of numbers. I was talking. I was at Birch and Barley the other day, um, where we met up again, and that's kind of how this really got going. I was like, dang, I got to get him back on the show or just chat with him in general. Um, but I was there, and there was a the Deschutes. Uh, he was he's been with Deschutes for like fifteen years. So we sat there at the bar and talked for like two hours. Oh, nice. Um, but he was telling me in like nineteen ninety six there was only two hundred breweries in all the United States, and now there's like ten thousand plus. That is just I wild. Mean, there's, there's probably two hundred in the Portland area alone. I feel like it's just wild how much it's growing. Like there's. It's just there. You see, so that's why it gets to me. Like all the different names that are out there, and then we struggle with trying. You think of a good name for a beer, and you can't have mm-hmm. the same beer name. Mm-hmm. So- <laughs> I remember doing that at the brewery. We'd be sitting in our little marketing meetings and stuff, and you know, someone would be googling. Ah, it's been used. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's crazy. But off that question, what was like your day to day job over there at the the brewery in DC? At the brewery, so um, so when I started there, I just. Worked in the tap room, beer tended, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, became, uh, like, assistant manager. So, you know, doing half the stuff the manager does and then uh, and then started running it. So, yeah, pretty much responsible for, like, all on-premise sales, um, you know, teach like, T-shirts and merch. Like, I'd have to order it, didn't necessarily design it because I, <laughs> I am not artistic <laughs> whatsoever. Um, but, uh, you know, scheduling, handling cash, um I definitely, like, because I, you know, like, put so much time into, like, developing my beer knowledge and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, I was involved with, like, some of the decision-making, like, you know, what we would make sometimes, and, like, kind of, you know, like, hey, I need this much for the tap room, Um, because one thing about DC Brow is we we brewed, like, 15,000 barrels a year, we were pretty big, so most of the, you know, most of the business was done, um you know, through distribution, you know, grocery stores, bars, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty much just in charge of home base. And then uh, when COVID hit, 
flipped everything on its head and uh, changed everything to pickup and delivery. And Especially uh, in a populated area like that. Yeah, right. I did not expect so many people to want to order beer the first day we did it. Like, I think I had, like, close Numbers to 200 were orders, and I had, like, two guys delivering through the whole oh. city of D.C. <laughs> it was insane. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yeah. That is crazy. So that's uh, that pops off my next question. I was going to say, what are, like, obviously some, not, like, non-job-specific things, like, cool stuff you ended up getting to do, like, get on in some tasting panels or like any of that stuff, like maybe production side a little bit at all. Like, yeah. Um, getting to do some small batch stuff with the brewers, um, was definitely cool. Um, I was just like, you know, genuinely like you know, really good friends with everybody who worked there. So, um, like the con, the conversations, the hanging out, the, the after hours, the before hours, like, you know, on, unmatched knowledge and mm -hmm. and information um i was given <laughs> um but uh yeah just being able to taste beer from all over the world yep. too because everybody would just bring bottle share bring nights bottle and stuff share like night that almost, yeah almost every saturday you know a couple times and then a couple times a week too so that's pr that would be the most notable thing yeah. just yeah. being around that many people that are heavily involved in the brewing industry is just like so cool like I'm, I'm going through it now you know i was up there the other day for the lilac festival there was like a brew fest um with like 10 breweries 10 15 breweries or something like that up there in spokane maybe not that big but they all came to the brewery after that and they're all just sitting there over at the table and it's you know some of the top breweries in spokane and you're just like sitting there trying to pick up all this knowledge and they're talking about all this stuff and it's just the brewing industry is like one of a kind i would say just because it's so like collaborative and then it's like everyone wants to pass on knowledge and work together and do collaborations it's it's just such a great industry and I like i want to stay in it forever you know and really build my career off of that yeah kind of stunk that i wasn't able to uh stay in it in the same capacity yeah. when i when i moved out here just because it wasn't really available in the yep. same uh in the, in the same realm of kind of what i was looking for but um I'm definitely hoping to get get back, like working at a brewery again would be ideal. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I, I hopefully some stuff come comes this way soon for Common Language. Hopefully we can get our roots, get a tap room up here. That'd be that'd be sweet. You know, you you'd probably be my first pick. I'm not gonna oh, lie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, I'll be uh, if you guys weren't located in Spokane, I probably would have been bugging you and Sean long ago for. Oh a job, yeah, but uh, <laughs> no doubt. But yeah. Whenever you want to make that drive up, you know, help out and do whatever up there, you're welcome to. Ooh, I'm going to take you up on that Yeah, one. because it's always nice to have people that are knowledgeable about beer in the in that area. So you drive speaking about knowledge. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go, go, what were you going to say? I was going to say, speaking about knowledge and you being a chicharone, uh, <laughs> what is, uh, what is uh, what's like your, your goal with that? And also kind of like, what's the, what's the test about? What do you learn? Uh, what are the benefits of, of being a certified uh, Cicerone kind of like take us through it, I guess. So I, I will just say first, I'm a, I'm a technically I'm a certified beer server. I've passed my level two Cicerone written test, mm. but because of COVID, I haven't taken my level two tasting yet. So that is, okay. so I'm, I'm a, I'm a Cicerone level 1.75. <laughs> <laughs> but um, honestly, the, the level one, level one is, uh, 
is pretty tame. It's like really good baseline information that like if you work at a brewery, like if you're a beer tender or you're a bartender um, at like a craft beer centric place, like it's um, it's stuff you should know, you know, pretty you know, style guidelines, kind of stuff like that. Um, level two is, uh, is, is a bit more, is a bit more meaty, um, a little bit more, uh, quantitative, like numbers driven. Um, you got to have a lot more like, uh, qualitative descriptors and you have to know a lot about beer history. Um, and that's, that's kind of what is a, if I'm remembering correctly, that's probably like a bulk of the written. And then there's the in-person tasting um, where you have to identify styles and then identify off flavors. Um, huh. And uh, because of COVID, I just, you know, they're actually, they got them able to schedule now. So it's really just on me to go in and do it. Where's that? Where are those even located then? Do you got to go to Seattle? I would have to probably go to right now. It's looking like either Seattle, Portland, or San Diego. Um, they do them all the time in Chicago because that's where their headquarters are at. And then, um, yeah, they do them on the East Coast too. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's that's crazy. Yeah. So when I get so like, what about those? Kids, what about those like higher levels? Ooh, yeah. Like, because so there's, there, fi- there's five five levels? I think right? there's four. I think there, there's three, four. and then there's the the master, um, which which I believe is still, like, a really, like, maybe, like, 16 people got it or something wow. like that. Like, the top, top one. I, I'm pretty sure it's, like, crazy exclusive still because of, like, so I think once you get into three, I think you're getting a lot more like in depth on the brew process, yep. ingredients, um, even more like quantitative number stuff. And then, or I think you're, you know, you're getting the business aspect, you're getting the design of a brewery, um, wow. you know, probably right down to, you know, monetary equipment. Like, uh, I'm pretty sure there's a documentary on Amazon and it follows a guy at Goose Island who, you know, they're acquired by Budweiser at the time, but he's, he's working through to become a master Cicerone and huh. uh, I won't spoil the end, but uh, it's, it's pretty good watch. That's yeah. our homework. Yeah. Yeah, our homework. yeah. I'm watching that tonight. I've watched a couple of them on Amazon. A couple of ones that's been on there, but what is, so what is getting the levels? What's that end up doing for you? Obviously like, it's um it is certainly more useful in the it's it's not like it's it's certainly not a, like any kind of requirement on the production side yeah. of of mm-hmm. beer it is more for like front of the house sales ever wanted to open your own mm-hmm. um you know run a beer program at you know some bougie restaurant or bottle shop or something like that kind of thing um and uh you know, it's, it's a certification. Like it says like, you know, I, I know my, my stuff. Like I really had to study like 300 pages of stuff and yeah, yeah, take like a three hour test. It obviously, yeah. That's just the two. Yeah. (laughs) Applying for jobs. It'd be, you'd be top of the list for sure. Just taking that over. Yeah. Other people just, you know, trying to get that job. Yeah. I was about to say, I feel like if you get to level three, definitely like four, but like, even if you can manage to get to level three, like, there has to be breweries or, you know, just brewing, yeah, brewing companies in general, like reaching out to you, asking for consulting or services or something like that. Cause it still must be pretty selective and a select few that make it even to level three. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, uh, it's all public information. Actually. Like if you go mm. on the Cicerone website, you can, I, you might be able to search people right by name, but if not, it's listed. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, 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 
I'd have trouble believing there'd be more than maybe like a thousand level threes. Okay. I could be even stretching it still. Which is really crazy just because how many, you know, beer beer people that are out there. Yeah. Also, who knows? A ton of people might have done it during, done it during COVID. COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all time to study. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that is that is wild. That is wild. It was fun to prepare for, though. Um, I had a lot of, you know, personal resources to, you know, talk to people about. Yeah. Um, there was a guy that, you know, I don't want to say he worked with me in the tap room, uh, Mike Stein. Shout out to Mike Stein in case he gives this a listen, beer <laughs> historian. Um, but I learned a ton of stuff from him, and he was just great to, to bounce stuff off of when I was studying for the test. So, oh. uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just looked it up, and it says – Currently in the world, there are less than 4,200 Ciceronis, oh, wow. 121 advanced Ciceronis, and only 18 master Ciceronis. Oh, I really overguessed on that level three. <laughs> wow. That is crazy. Yeah, I think it's got so, like I mean, a lower pass rate. Like, I think the level two has like a lower pass rate than the uh, New York State bar or something bizarre like that. Wow. So I was like... That's that's a crazy fact right there. <laughs> he said, "I could be a lawyer now." Toot, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 crazy. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna open up a, an Allen and Allen and Dallas beer law firm here soon, I guess. <laughs> oh boy, um, Alan or Johan? I know Johan gets a little busy, so he can't have as much fun but either you guys have any beer festivals or events that you're doing or i mean we don't have as much luck around here for arm but anybody got anything planned um beer festivals i haven't actually done research on that me other than me being lazy and not checking out the hundreds of breweries around here that i mean i just need to go do that um i mean some new favorite ones I need to check out. Uh, Von Ebert. I don't know if you've heard of them. I had a couple of their stouts, and they're great. Ex Novo is real close by. Obviously, Great Notion. Ten Barrel, I've been to a couple times. Uh, their Portland um, brew bar. Um, and then there's just a lot of other smaller ones uh, that I also need to check out. Like um, Deep Space Brewing is one that's like 10 minutes away from my house. Really small. But, I mean, just checking out different places and trying out different beers i mean that's probably one of my favorite things to do so i mean yeah, that's all i need to do you haven't even spent a weekend in like vancouver portland in a while like you've been traveling and moving around I, this is like up. my first last weekend was like my first weekend home in like two months so <laughs> yeah it's been it's been pretty hectic so far since moving up here what about yourself no, uh, no festival plans because you know, like like you said, I'd probably have to do a little bit of traveling to get to it. Um, I don't want to knock festivals, but I'm not mad about them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, little the, the lines, and uh, I feel like it could be a little overwhelming. Just a lot, a lot to try or want to try. Yeah, you know, yeah, because it's all based off like tickets, and then yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was very pleasantly surprised. When I went to Coachella, they have like a they had a craft beer tent, and I think there was sixty different non domestic, non import local craft beers on tap, and I was and the lines weren't that long. Thankfully, I, I mean it was. I don't think too many people are drinking craft beer at you know, Coachella. 
Looking no, I mean, especially water. when it's 95 degrees. But it was one of the few shaded places, so I was huh. not complaining. Yeah. But I was I was very surprised to see that. So that was pretty cool. I know you sent me that snap, and I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty interesting at Coachella. Yeah, they had, like, now that you said IPLs earlier, too, they were tapped out of, like, three of them. But they had like five of them on tap there, so they had some. They had some cool stuff. They had some crazy seltzers, a couple of hazies. They had, I think, two double pastry stouts on there, and oh, I was like, whoever orders that, festival. ninety-five. Uh, this ninety-five degree weather is should probably just go check himself into the medical tent at this point. But <laughs> no, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's cool. Cool getting the the beer the beer industry and realizing how much stuff you didn't like see before. Like obviously you would have when you went to Coachella before you got into beer, you wouldn't have ever stepped foot in that tent. No, I mean that's that's cool. I mean it's it's cool to see you know, I mean other than that, it was just like Heineken and stuff as well. And I'm not knocking on that either because we've talked about the difference in to me, brewing in general, whether it's humongously produced like cores being able to get that recipe right at the same time hundreds of millions of times i think is an art in itself and then you look at the small craft breweries who do crazy stuff like great notion like we talked about i mean it's the same thing um so i mean kind of forgot where i was going with this but (laughs) it's uh it's uh it's cool nonetheless i guess let me ask you uh alan when was uh or what is your favorite massively distributed and produced beer from like the big guys guinness <laughs> guinness yeah. okay See, Have I, you ever I buy it by the eight to 16 pack when i uh when costco had it in dc i'd buy it by the 24 <laughs> <laughs> oh really oh uh, yeah i i can just absolutely clobber guinness i like uh especially on draft too like if there's uh mm-hmm. nothing new or nothing i'm feeling at birch i'll just roll guinness because yeah. i know they go through enough of it where it's always going to be fresh yeah yeah no, that, so they, they have a, sorry, yeah they got a nice full keg there all the time mm-hmm. just runs through there. Uh, have you ever been to the brewery in ireland i have yes i've been to the brewery in ireland and i've been to the brewery in baltimore <laughs> Oh, I didn't know they had one in Baltimore. Yeah, I've yeah. been to the one in Ireland, and that's that's a cool experience as well. Yeah, the St. James Gate. I think yeah, it's, it's massive, and then, yeah, they take you all through it and stuff. Um, yeah, and you got the sky panoramic view bar up top yeah. as well. You get to pour yourself a Guinness, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> does it does it piss you off when they don't pour it properly? What's that? Does it piss you off when they when you go to a bar and you want a Guinness and they don't pour it properly? Because there's like twelve steps to pouring a perfect pint, right? Something like that. Something like that. No, <laughs> it, it's it's kind of gimmicky, but like on it, like yeah, if if you can do it really wrong and give me like a half a beer, and then yes, I would right. probably be 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 a little tender about it. <laughs> yeah. Also, like some people think Guinness should be served at um, room temperature, and. Uh, it, it just, it just, it, it just isn't. I think it says right on their website, like best enjoyed between like thirty six and, and forty forty eight or something like that. <laughs> so, um, huh. yeah, Guinness though, that that is where it's at. Um, and then talking about Europe and stuff like that as well. Do you see? I have a friend who's from England and talk to him about kind of like the pub scene in England. I have, I've been there a couple of times and seen like a little bit of it, but. With these huge companies like BrewDog 
that that's really like distributing a lot in in the UK and kind of trying to bring the the craft scene and obviously distributing the US too. Do you know any? Do you think that the UK specifically could ever become like a a craft beer destination? Mm, there's nothing that's pointing to where it will be that because uh, I know I know. I know a little bit about the UK. I'm a, I'm a massive soccer Premier League fan. I don't know if any of you guys are into soccer, but but oh yeah, you Man are. You. Who's, who's your team? Man U. Uh, Arsenal, baby, all day. Oh, it could be worse. <laughs> yeah, right. Could be could be a Liverpool fan. Um, but anyway, um, <laughs> first English English beers to like Americans are are pretty boring unless you're like a traditionalist. Like they're they're a mm-hmm. lot more malt forward. Typically a lower carbonation. Um, yeah, like, you know, you compare an English IPA to an American IPA, an English pale ale to an American pale ale, like the, the, the heavier malt, malt profile is uh, is what's going to be consistent. Um, definitely a little bit more like earthier tones all the way around too. Um, and, you know, they're very just traditional there. They've been doing a lot of things the same way for a long time. Doesn't mean that some things aren't changing, but... Um, to to think that like we would be craving English made IPAs or like even like English breweries that started doing hazy IPAs just it, it seems like something that probably wouldn't happen anytime soon yeah um, I do know um, and you might know even a little bit more about this than me but um, when I was really big on like following breweries and stuff on social media. Um, there's definitely a big boom in like some Scandinavian countries, like kind of more Eastern Northern Europe um, that I've noticed uh, like they're, they're trying to replicate that like hazy and that's in that pastry stout and stuff that that's really bumping in America. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that a little bit. Our, uh, our place out in Sweden, we've had it for a long time. You have to take a ferry to get out there. And one of the closer islands the main way to get there is by boat and there's a brewery there that's my dad told me is a lot craftier and they started making some hazies and i think they made starts making some sours as well i can't remember the name of it but the main way to get there is by boat and you have to have the, the boat parking which i think is awesome just to begin <laughs> that's with pretty sweet yeah but no like I, I do i do know like a little bit about it but yeah it is cool to see that and i mean just like you wouldn't really even call it like craft beer. Like even when you talk about like Belgium and the Netherlands with their spiced blonde ales and stuff like that. But I mean, that to them is their everyday beer, but it's a pretty foreign thing. You would consider that pretty, pretty exotic here. I'd feel like with the spiced spice ale specifically. Yeah. You don't see, you don't see a lot of it produced here. Um, I mean, a lot of it's imported. Um, you know, you, you'll see, you know, traditional Trappist, you know, whether they be Trappist or not on the shelves from Belgium, you know, um, you know, Orville, uh, oh boy, I shouldn't have started trying to name them. Gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to brain fart. And, um, but, um, but yeah, it's just, it's just not common here. And kind of like going back to what we were talking about earlier, how there's just so many breweries in the U.S. that probably also adds to the fact that like, unless someone abroad was really making something like crazy and jumping that no one was doing here or like that much better than some, than, than what someone's doing in America, you know, is there really going to be a demand for it here over the rest of the world when there is a demand for American beers in Europe? Um, 
when I was just, you know, an example, when I was at DC Brow, we, we had some situations where we would ship large amounts of beer to European countries. Um, Sweden was actually one of them. And then, um, I want to say China was the other one, but it might've been Japan. They, they wanted our like really decadent imperial stout. Um, that was like right when I was leaving. So I don't know how that all panned out, but, um, we sent like a lot of our flagship stuff, um, to Sweden. We were actually in a, in a beer competition there and we won the competition and that gave us the right, not the rights, but we were like selected to be imported there yeah i wish wow. uh, i wish i knew you were from there because then i would have got like a little bit more you know information lined up i kind of just <laughs> popped in my head to be honest. i was like oh you sent like like pallets and pallets of beer to sweden for like a year <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah. huh. all right well you know thank you all for tuning in this is where we give all our shout outs uh so if you got any shout outs we'll pass it to you if you want to give any uh <laughs> But, you know, shout out, you know, Fort George and all the other breweries that we just tried. Um, shout out Thick Boys always. You know, I'm always rocking their glass, so uh, appreciate them. Um, big shout out to all the viewers that have listened through, you know, that are continuing into episode eight, you know, doing all this. Uh, big shout out to Alan for hopping on the podcast, you know, spicing it up for us, dropping some knowledge. Um, so we appreciate that. and. Yeah, we'll pass it to Johan, who's ending it early because his only next beer was a uh, 14% stout. Yeah, I feel like I have to be responsible on a work night. It's like I can't be going too crazy. Um, yeah, no, thanks for listening if you made it this far. Uh, always a pleasure having everyone on here. I had a beer from Mirage Brewing, which I've never had before. So shout out to them. Hope to have some more in the future. And uh, Alan, where are your shout outs coming from? <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, first shout out to you guys for for letting me roll with you guys. This this is fun. I'm gonna have to bug you guys to do it again sometime. It might, uh, it might need to be a monthly <laughs> thing. A monthly thing. I, I can get down with that. I can get down with that. But um, certainly, uh, well, shout out Nashi's for anybody listening in Pullman. It's Boom. definitely the best place to get some beer. Yep. Um, shout out DC Brow and everybody I ever worked at there for teaching me so much about beer. And then. Um, yeah, gotta gotta give a shout out to the girlfriend and the dog. Love you guys, and uh, yeah, cheers. Boom, you hear it here first. Uh, shout out to all the people, and thank you for listening again. Bye, see ya. Bye. <laughs>